Thank you for the opportunity. In today's changing world, any opportunity we can talk about taking care of our team through this new reality, uh, I think is a bonus. Yeah. And you, you know, you really have focused on taking care of the team throughout your career. So if, if you guys don't know the amazing, wonderful Miss Heather Pendergrass, she is a registered veterinary technician. She's out in New Mexico, but she is additionally a certified veterinary practice manager as well as certified in HR. And that's kind of a, an additional credential that I think is worth talking about, Ms. Heather. Tell us a little bit about your SPHR. The SPHR is just a senior in professional human resources. And, you know, once I got my CVPM and I really mastered that, um, the certified veterinary practice management aspect, I needed more challenge. I'm a lifelong learner and I need to learn new things to continue keeping me motivated and excited and figuring out ways to better take care of our teams. And so digging into HR and learning all aspects of HR was exciting and fascinating to me because it builds so much on leadership and culture of practices and and engaging team members and bringing them to be the best that they can be. But it has also really played to be very useful for me during COVID. Yeah. Well, because I'm not to say because and tell you your business, but I mean, I think when you look at the CVPM, it is just that it is practice management. But when you really start to focus on the HR aspect, that's the human part of it. And it really is a different mindset than maybe we're used to in the veterinary industry because it is more human focused, right? Absolutely. Takes care of our people. It grows our people. And when we invest and empower and engage our team members, our work gets so much more rewarding in the hospital. We talk about compassion fatigue and burnout, but so many times that drives back to culture and leadership that ultimately has a lot to do with human resources, taking care of our people. Almost always leads back to that. I mean, more often than not, I would say. So, okay, Miss Heather, we're in COVID-19. Um, here we are right? It's, it's, and it seems to continue to be here we are, right? Because we're facing these second waves and different states and different things. And there's a lot of people that are just saying, this is our, our new normal. What do you, what do you, what's your response to this is our new normal? Becky, I think this is our new normal. This is not going away. And what I say about that is COVID itself will always be here. I think like the flu, we'll figure out ways that we deal with it. Right. But what the new normal is, is how we have changed our practices to meet the demands of the clients. That to me is not going to change. We provided a different type of service in order to get care to our patients and our clients. And in some hospitals, they have mastered it so well that the clients absolutely love this new normal. So to me, that new normal is not going away, although it creates a bit more stress for our teams. So interesting to think that clients could be like happier with what we've come up with. And that is, that's pretty incredible. And I also think it's interesting when you talk about taking care of our patients, because notoriously we talk about how difficult it is to implement change in the veterinary industry. And I think sometimes that's because if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And all of a sudden we couldn't do patient care. And I think we're so driven by patient care that like, it isn't really about the change itself if we know we're doing good care. But then we were faced with, now I, I have to get my hands on the patient. How will I do it? And I'm so proud of our industry for rising and changing and basically being everything they've never really been in the past known for in these times. Absolutely. You know, so Becky, one of the things that I think is so important that we never forget is our purpose for being here. Why did we come to veterinary medicine in the first place? Whether we're a veterinarian, a veterinary technician, an assistant, a kennel assistant, 
We came here to serve something other than ourselves, and that's our patients. And if we keep that focus, we can figure out ways to make that patient care happen. Now, as you said, change management is hard. We've historically opposed change in veterinary medicine, but this has made us change. We have had to step up to the plate to deliver better patient care. And with that is having to embrace technology. And so one of the things we talk about is those practices that have done so well have embraced the change of accepting technology and allowing telehealth to come into their hospitals and help out, whereas we've been opposed to that for so long. Yeah, almost almost afraid of it. And then it's been it's it's ironic, right? We've been almost afraid of it. And then this was our saving grace. Absolutely. And think about how long clients have been asking for something different. They've been asking for telehealth. They push practices to look for ways to embrace technology and use technology for communication. And the practices have really been against it. And they want to do things the way they've always done it. This has made us move into that where we need to do those things. Yeah. I mean, I've been a big fan forever. You've seen my phone, Miss Heather. I live by my apps. It's, it's, I, I, I choose my dentist because I can make my appointments by text. They never call me. They only text me. And I see my therapists online. I mean, I, I order my pharmacy meds online. There is nothing I want. I don't want a part of it if I can't streamline it into my life and do it online. Part of that's because I live 30 minutes from town now. So, it's so funny because I think individually we all really embrace technology and then we go to work and do the same old things. So I guess kind of on that note, if you're calling this the new normal and I'm with you, I know you're a brilliant lady. And if you say it is, I'm with you, then tell me what is the new best practices? What do you think the best practices and treatments and client communication is going to be like going forward if, if this is kind of what we're embracing? Well, Becky, the way I look at it is, number one, keeping that purpose in mind for us as a team member, but I need to walk in the client's shoes. What are the clients experiencing on their side in this new normal? I think of how stressed they are with the outside world. I think about how stressful it is to go to the grocery store or to, to go to restaurants or not go to restaurants. I think about how that is for our team as well. So what can we do to take in all those concerns and stresses that the clients have? One of the biggest pieces is that we have now taken pets into an exam room without an owner. We, we extract the pet from the client's car and we take them in and the client sees nothing until we call them. They're not a part of the examination anymore. We have decreased communication. We have stressful communication. We probably even have rushed communication. So one of the best practices is we need to step up our game with communication and we need to figure out ways to embrace technology that allows the clients to be a part of those examinations and still feel like they are in that exam room. Telehealth will absolutely help us do that. And if we want to look at something else, we could even do FaceTime. We can use iPads. We can use Skype. I mean, we can put technology in our exam rooms to allow the client to still be a part of that examination and still keep our safety in place. With that is also the customer service is that because we are stressed, things have changed. Our customer service, I think, is dropping dramatically. And we know that that customer service is what drives loyalty from those clients. It also drives compliance. And if we fail in customer service and communication, we are no longer serving our purpose. Oh, that I mean, that's, it's so true. Like I have been arguing for a minute, it kind of is awful to be a client anyway. Like as soon as I stopped working in practices and had to go be a regular client, 
I was like, this is awful. They, they took my dog from me. They brought her in the back. She came back soaked in alcohol and smelling like alcohol and shivery. And, you know, I really actually hated that. And now you're right. It's even worse. I'm sitting in the car. I, I, I see the veterinarian for like 30 seconds. It's really quick. You're right. They feel rushed. I mean, it is an unpleasant experience. So I love that you talk about walking in the client's shoes because I think it's really important. We get really wrapped up in what we're doing and knowing that we're doing the best we can. But does it look like and feel like we're doing the best we can? And there there might be a pretty good gap there, you know? I think there's a huge gap there. And Becky, I think empathy ties into this as well. We can't be empathetic over the phone because it's only through our tone of voice. We can change our tone of voice to try to sound empathetic, but our verbal expressions are gone. Our nonverbal communication is gone. We don't have that. So we need to embrace the technology to continue driving that empathy, which is so critical, especially with the high number of sick cases that we see on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then you're talking about technology. Then tell me, what are the the changes in technology we're going to need? What are what should we expect? What do we need to buy, build, get? How do we? So we're talking about embrace the technology. Then what do we need to be embracing? So some of the best practices that I've seen that hospitals are using is increasing the efficiency and flow by starting the examination through the iPad or whatever, or telehealth or whatever we are using to have the communication with the client. So we take the pet from the owner, but we start there and we get into the exam room and we embrace that telehealth or the streaming, whatever we're doing. So we ask the history of the owner while our doctor's in there, we are asking it one time. I still drive back to the way we've always done things in the past is somebody calls to make an appointment, they give the history, they check in, they give the history again, then they get into the exam room, they give the history again, and the doctor walks in and there's yet a fourth history. Let's streamline that so the client's not telling the story four times and thinking, thinking, didn't anybody listen to me the first time I said this? So let's use our technology to tell the story one time, be on the same page, and the doctor walks through that examination just like they would if we were in the exam room. We talk about the importance of the eyes, the ears. We add value to that exam. We can still do that if we use technology. The second part of that is using the new texting feature and the app features that we have available. You said that it is so much easier for you to be living 30 minutes out of town, which is a large part of our clients, is that if they can just text questions that they have or have reminders, that is so much more effective for them. And if we use the apps, those messages pop up on the phones and they're right there in our face versus having to check email. I also think about using online payment systems attached to our website. There's no reason that we need to take cards and swipe them anymore. The clients can just go to our website and do online payments. So that increases our efficiency and it makes clients feel like they are still invested, right? They are still a part of this. It's a two-way conversation, not just one way talking only to the clients. The other thing is that we have to embrace this concierge service. And we have curbside, which is what many people are calling it. We have parking spots we pull into. We have one, two, three, four, five. But what can we do to make that experience better? There are so many things. Technology is a part of that. And we need to make sure we have the communication there 
which our two-way texting feature can do. We can still send pictures. We can still send lab work. We can still send x-rays to increase that customer service communication and concierge service. How long would it take you to get to every clinic in America and set this up? (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to get you there? But it, it makes so much sense. And, you know, I love my veterinarian. I think he's amazing and I love going up there. But part of that is because in non-COVID life, I get to go in the room pretty much say, I would feel better if we did X, Y, and Z. I get to be a part of the process. He lets me hold my dogs if they have to have blood draw. And now it's like a total handover process. So you're right. We have to really think outside the box. And it really needs to, I think, be a team effort in thinking about some of these. Please leverage your millennials and the Gen Zs. They are built by apps. They were, they're, they're writing apps. They're, they're in, my nieces are like coding now. So um, there is familiarity. Even if you are a little intimidated by technology, there's somebody in your clinic who can like bang it out for you, make it easy, and honestly probably feel really good about it, right? Like we're uplifting our team when we do this. Yep, absolutely. And that goes back to the empowerment and the culture and the leadership and engagement. What do you think is the best thing to come out of this for veterinary practices? That is a great question. I think that that's twofold. One is that we have to learn the customer service aspect all over. We have to serve the bigger purpose. We have to still find joy in our job. We still have to get balance. But when we reject the changes needed to be successful, or when we object to technology, or we don't want to bring technology in, it makes our jobs harder. Everything is here to now make it easier and still make it pleasant and still make it successful. I think the biggest thing our veterinary industry is going to come out of this is learning how to embrace change in order to be a success uh, on the other side. Yeah, it's a it's going to be a good reminder to embrace change. What okay, so you are, you know, definitely a part of growing practices. I know you do a lot of consulting and helping them kind of break things down. Do you have concerns about growing business at this time? I mean, I honestly have heard everyone is busier than ever, right? Everybody went out and got a puppy or a kitten or adopted a dog. And then meanwhile, they are home. They, they're either tearing ACLs with frequent walks or they're like, you know, fight, noticing these things with their pets because it's 24-7, right? Yep. So um, I'm confused because it seems like business is booming, but then like we've got COVID going on and, and the market and banks. So like, what do you think about business growth at this time? Yes. So I have heard the same thing is that we are busier than ever. And I'm going to throw a caveat in there. That's not for all hospitals. The hospitals that are doing it right, embracing technology and figuring out how to make it work are the ones that are busier than ever. There's still some out there that are doing things the old way, maybe not using the exam room, but they are not embracing communication and customer service and they've lost customers. So it's the ones that are doing it right that are super busy. And as as a consultant, one of the things I would say is let's embrace that right now because this is what's going to build loyalty long-term. We don't know what our future looks like. We don't know how we're going to be affected. We don't know what our economy is going to do. There's anticipation of what our economy is going to do. But if we can embrace and build loyalty in those customers now, we will have long-term success. But that is all centered around communication and customer service. And it's also ties into education. You know, so we talk about all of our owners are home, they've adopted pets. Think about the amount of separation anxiety we're going to have in the future. Think about behavioral problems outside of separation anxiety. Think about the separation the owners are going to have from their pets when they actually go back to work. 
I think there is so much business opportunity to anticipate for the future, but we need to put those bases in place today in order for it to be a success. You know, it's funny that you say I've been preaching about people are going to miss their pets more than pets are going to miss their people. And I think you and I, I think people like us who travel for a living can appreciate that, right? Because I work from home similar to you and then I travel. And so I'm 24 seven with my pets until I leave. And, you know, I've been at major conferences with you where we've all been gone four, five, six. I know I've been with you in Vegas when you've been out there for like three months. I don't even know. It's (laughs) terribly long for you. And then we're just like, I miss dog bombing any dog we see, right? Because yeah. you're like, I just need some fur. I just need some love. We're really going to miss our pets when we go back to work. I think that's going to be a bigger issue than separation anxiety in our dogs and cats. <laughs> I really do. But so, okay, this kind of ties into that, I guess, then, because we're talking about embracing telehealth, telemedicine, technology, but there is some established telehealth and telemedicine out there. Yep. So, Tell me kind of how you're feeling about that right now, because I think that people are probably turning to that naturally because they're turning it to them for themselves. Is this a growth opportunity? I I know veterinarians are worried about it taking their business. States have changed the VCPR. Weigh in a little bit on that for me. Oh my gosh. Telehealth is such a business opportunity. So I'm working with a practice that has a she sees regular all of her patients in the hospital, but she also has telehealth that she works in between all of those patients. They are increasing their 54% year over year because she has embraced telehealth. So her telehealth appointments take, oh, maybe 10 minutes at the most because her team is usually handling a majority of it. And her clients are so satisfied. They love the telehealth. And now they've said, we'd much rather use this telehealth than come in. Can we do that? Well, she's already established a, the you know the her her patient relationship because they're existing clients, so it is just a matter of us, the veterinary industry, changing our mind about it and embracing it and making it work. We can work it in, and we can see more appointments with telehealth than trying to continue our curbside service, and it satisfies clients. It's absolutely a business growth opportunity, and separation anxiety that is going to be a saving grace. How telehealth. Let's uh, let's uh, do this from your home. Let me see what your pet is doing. Let's, uh, you know, why don't you share your video cameras? How many people have inside video cameras for their pets? What is my pet doing when I'm gone? Let's share those videos and we can do a case based on with using telehealth and we can see what's actually happening in the home without actually going there. We can talk through behavioral problems through telehealth. Our credential technicians can lead those discussions. Our doctors can diagnose and and prescribe medication if we need it. But it is such an area of growth. Yeah, it's so true. And then you're saving people a trip in. You're saving stress in the lobby. I mean, it makes so much sense. And it goes back, Becky, to serve our purpose. Yes. That is ultimate patient care. Not to mention, you're like, how many times have you said, I wish I could see this behavior at home? Or the, they say, well, they don't do it here. And I, I promise they were doing it before we got here. They were doing it in the car, like whatever it is. You know, we know how that goes. So seeing a pet in their normal, I mean, it, it almost goes without saying, and yet we're still not doing it. So, uh, you know, I think that I think that's very interesting. So, okay, telemedicine, we need to incorporate it. It is a potential loss if we're not embracing it, I think is what you're saying. Absolutely. That is absolutely what I'm saying. And the clients are going to go somewhere else that has it if a practice does not embody it. 
So let me ask you this then. It, it kind of kind of algorithms itself out because then I start to wonder about workflow. So at this point, how do you feel like workflow is being affected and how will it be affected going forward? So I think about this like more phone calls are coming in. You know, I've had people say that their incoming call percentage is like up like 70%. Again, just because in this, I guess it just becomes redundant, right? Half those calls could be telehealth. Let me see, work through that. But still, Phone calls are up. Texts are going out to the parking lot. I've seen a thousand memes that are like my favorite thing ever about, you know, um, like the there's the Lion King one where they're holding up Simba and it's like me trying to find the owner of the pet in the parking lot. <laughs> like, There's so many amazing things. How is workflow currently affected and going to be affected with all of this? It, it's definitely going to take modification. We are going to have to change. Things aren't going to flow the way we are used to that flowing. And that's okay. Let's embrace that. Let's find ways that increase efficiency. And if that is that we are a, a you know heavier with, uh, say, floaters, then uh, because we have people running pets in and out, then that's okay. Let's, let's adjust for that. Because this is about customer service and communication. I think about those that can educate over the phone. So let's have some credential technicians that are just constantly educating owners and we can use telehealth to do the same. And I think of the power of video conference calls is so much better than just a phone call. We can actually connect with those owners. And I think that there is a business development piece there around providing additional education for those owners, especially the separation anxiety piece. For phone calls, absolutely, our phone calls are up. So let's let's uh, just take that down for just a minute. Let's break it down. We have owners calling to try to make appointments to find out if we're even open or how we're handling the COVID situation and safety in our hospitals. We have clients that are calling saying that they've arrived in the parking lot. We have doctors and technicians trying to call clients out on lines. And so that ties up lines. And then we have call clients calling to make payments. Well, let's let's take some of that out. Let's let's take some of this to telehealth. Let's use two-way texting so that clients can text when they have arrived at your location and let's implement online payment systems. And therefore we just text the link to their invoice and they pay it online so that we can take away some of those extra phone calls that are coming in. But I do think there's value in having additional CSRs answering the phone. And that might be that we implement technology again, so that we can answer phones remotely. Maybe we don't have enough space in our hospitals before all of our employees that are there, but that doesn't mean that somebody can't be answering the phone remotely from home and dialed, um, you know, and connected to the PIM system. Technology makes all of that so easy. Okay. So I think I want to tie back into, it's so funny because you segue me well, right? We're, we, we touched on the separation anxiety part of it and you're talking about getting in front of it with education. Kind of a joke, but not really. Like, should we be thinking to leverage this with like daycare offerings? Do you think that as veterinary professionals, we should be looking into the business of tons of puppies and kittens and new adoptions and people worrying about their pets being alone all day in a different way now? I absolutely think daycare is such a, a, a great option. Owners are hopefully going out and walking their pets during this time. And we have separation anxiety, anticipations of when owners go back to work. But we also have that many of those pets don't know what other pets are like because they've never been around them. So we are going to have some anxiety issues there as well. So I think introducing them in daycare 
is spectacular. I think that in daycare, we can also maybe have some daytime training classes that teach behaviors. And maybe we don't have the owner there in, in tradi traditional methods. But I do think that there's something to say that daycare and training can be incorporated to provide a better owner experience for the future. I think it's worth thinking about. I just don't know how how we're going to help the people. But I think to, to some extent, this may lead to more pets ending up in offices. I mean, I, I think more people are going to end up working from home long term. Like, let's be real. But I think that more people will be looking at office pets. People will be looking at taking their pets to work, allowing pets at work as a benefit after this time. And I think this is, again, another opportunity for veterinary industry to leverage. I mean, you know, how do you think we can educate and play on the fact that, you know, we have this increased bond? Like, how can we really leverage the human-animal bond right now from a business standpoint, you know, to make sure we are doing the best patient care and making sure we are educating the people? Becky, I look at that in two ways. One is that in order for the pets to come into a workplace in the future, we have to have well-mannered pets or it's going to be, uh, you know, a crazy mess. And so I think that part of this daycare training needs to look at that future opportunity of as pets are coming into work, they do need to be well trained. We also are probably going to need a daycare, you know, so that they're not coming to the office every day because they're going to be, they want to go out and play and get all their energy out too. And they really need that in order to be well behaved in the workplace. So I think that um, th those are two pieces. Now, the human-animal bond, we know that animals in the workplace reduce stress and increase productivity as long as they're well-behaved. Now, if we have out-of-control pets, that's a whole different story. So we want to make sure that it is a success and that we enhance that human-animal bond for that future success. I just feel like there's so much business opportunity out here, especially for technicians. I hope you guys are listening. I feel like you guys could be doing corporate training classes, corporate behavioral evaluations. Like, I think this is actually a really big opportunity for us in the industry. If we partner, if we think innovatively, if you hire Miss Heather to come consult at your corporation on how to introduce these things into your field. <laughs> it is such an opportunity, Becky, and I can't wait to see what our future brings us. I am really honestly excited to see what 2021 looks like and and embracing that change to make it a success. And I think we're going to see some phenomenal things come out. Okay. So on that note, you, boy, you segue well, as though you've done this before, you bring me to keep it brief. And this is a first of its kind, keep it brief. Now, first of all, if you, if you don't listen, we never keep it brief. So no pressure. The second thing here is I don't have a question for you. I am asking you for a message. Can you give us some words of inspiration in this time about 2021, how we can enter it with that positive attitude you're having? Absolutely. So, you know, the first thing is we know change management is hard, but we've now been challenged and have proven that we can accept change and we can make awesome things happen with it. So with that is looking at what is 2021, what could it bring us and what do we want to achieve and keeping the safety in mind, you know, really in today's world, we get down in the weeds and we are really concerned about the safety of our employees, the safety of our clients. We can only control what's happening in within our four walls, right? So we implement safety measures. We will make sure that we adhere to that. But again, keeping in mind our purpose of actually coming to this industry is it's about patient care. So Change is hard, but we're going to do it. We're going to embody the safety of all of those around us. But the, this is the new normal. And so we can figure it out. We can figure out those business opportunities for the future. 
We know that pets are now a part of the family and we embrace that. And we get away from the piece of that pets stay outside or their barn cats or their yard dogs. A majority of those pets are sleeping in the bed. And if we think about providing the highest level of care possible, our clients are going to gravitate to that. They are going to figure out ways in order to provide the best care possible for their sibling or their son or their daughter or whatever it looks like in that family structure. The possibilities are completely up to the hospital. It is a mindset that we have to put ourselves in to achieve those possibilities. Instead of looking at the way we've always done things, how can we do things to embrace our future? Well, that's amazing. Keep ourselves forward facing. And you heard it here today from Ms. Heather Prendergrass. You are brilliant and hardworking and um, an amazing resource asset and a great friend. So thank you so much for being here with us today and having this conversation to give us, you know, a positive outlook on what life after COVID looks like. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Miss Becky. I enjoy my time with you as always. Always. Yes, absolutely. This episode has been brought to you by Claro. Thanks again to today's guests for joining us and thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. While you're there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate if you leave us all the stars. You can listen to podcasts as well on our website at cliniciansbrief.com backslash podcasts. You can find us at facebook.com backslash cliniciansbrief, on Twitter at cliniciansbrief, and on Instagram at clinicians.brief. You can also drop us a line at podcast at briefmedia.com. Clinicians Brief, the podcast is a brief media production produced by Alexis Ustry, sound by Randall Stupka, hosted by me, Becky Mosser, with special thanks to production assistant, Michelle Moncrez.